They arrested him for possession of a satellite phone. And it was a long time. He said, how could that be? Everybody was using satellite phones. And they said, don't you know that 10 years or so ago, a group of Pakistani terrorists got entrance. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. I have a very fascinating guest today. Dick Atkins is an attorney from Philadelphia who specializes in assisting companies and individuals on legal issues in foreign countries. And he's got lots of stories to tell. He is an owner of International Recoveries and lectures at travel insurance conventions. And that's how I met him, because we go to the same annual travel insurance uh, event and we have breakfast together. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, Dick Atkins. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. It's wonderful to be here. And uh, as I was thinking, COVID has been so terrible, except for one thing, and that is it gives us the opportunity to actually be a Zoom, uh, to be able to see each other and to broadcast and to be connected from thousands of miles away where we can see each other and where the audience can see us, and that never happened before. So I hope that COVID goes away, but that Zoom and the other ways of connecting stay. Yes, I think um, we are hopefully on the uh, on the other side of COVID and hopefully be able to travel freely and hopefully we'll see each other later on this year. Absolutely. So Dick, you are a veteran in this business. You have seen a lot and you have seen many, many people who have ended up in very uncomfortable situations, sometimes because they were they, they did something really wrong, sometimes it was because they were ignorant. And one of the cases that has fascinated me most, of course, since I know you, is the story of Midnight Express. Well, Billy Hayes, back in the 70s, was a young brash worker, decided to take some hashish uh, out of Turkey bring back to the United States. Unfortunately for him, he didn't know that a week before that some uh, Palestinian terrorists had hijacked a plane and that from that point on, all the airlines were inspecting, checking, and searching everybody. He didn't know that. So when he carefully wrapped the product around his body, got to the plane, he and everyone else searched found it, and that was his five or so year journey to a horrible circumstances in a Turkish prison. Terrible things happening the very first night. He wound up being beaten, so he couldn't even put his feet by the guards because he dared to try to take the blanket because it was chilly. And then he wound up in the insane asylum, and, and ultimately he escaped, and he ultimately there was a book and a film that won the Academy Award and uh, based on his escape. And it's very interesting. Billy, I did work with him before. Back then, if you were in a foreign prison, stay there. And so Turkey, as long as lo with several other countries in South America, were the first countries to get something for a prisoner transfer treaty. We're working on his behalf so that when the five-year sentence was changed to life, get him out. Fortunately for him, he escaped. In a few months, the prisoner transfer treaty came into effect. Now, from that time on, prisoners all over the world 
are often allowed to do the time in their home country makes a big difference when they're near their family and their friends. But getting back to Billy, the movie was a huge success. One problem was uh, that you had a warrant for his arrest. Finally, a few years ago, there was a, a, an agreement between him and people who produced the movie that he would say good things about Turkey and apologize for the way they showed the Turks, the Turkish guards, the Turkish system, and they would withdraw the warrant, and he was invited back to Turkey. Lo and behold, he was a speaker at an international police chief association at the Four Seasons in Sultanahmet, a lovely hotel. Gets there. The manager shows him around. He's the honored guest. And the manager says, Mr. Hayes, have you been at our lovely hotel before? And Billy said, well, sort of. What do you mean? He said, or it was hotel. It was a local prison. <laughs> First time I when I was arrested, they took me here and beat me up. Yes, I was here, but before it was a four season when it was a jail. Billy and I will be speaking together at a conference in, uh, in April in Las Vegas. He has a wonderful life, a wonderful wife, and he's an actor and a playwright, and he helps other people who are in jail. He writes to them, he does what he has to offer support, especially for women who have been subjected to abuse, women who were poor and who were, where they were taken advantage of and unwittingly given drugs to take when they get caught, they're stuck in jail, Billy helps them, and he's lived a very good, and a very successful, very helpful life. So that's the story of Billy up to date. Go see the film. Anyway, if you have it, it's available. Midnight Express, as scary as could be. It's a crazy movie. And I mean, th that's the good thing that came out of it, that Billy is today cre also creating awareness, you know, that uh, things can go wrong if you don't if you do things that you shouldn't be doing. Talking about yourself, Dick, you love to travel too, don't you? Oh, I certainly do. Uh, and one of the things that happened during COVID, it, it stopped my travel. And I said, well, I'm getting older Will it be that when COVID allowed, when I'm finally allowed to travel, that I will lost my love for travel? Is it going to be too difficult? Well, I found out the answer is no. And I'm looking forward. I've gone to a couple of places, but I will be in Athens. Athens, I'm going to uh, spend the weekend with good friends from Penn Law School in Brussels. And then I have to go to a wedding in Ecuador and one in Slovenia uh, with a reception across near Trieste in Italy and a few other ones. So I'm even though. I'm older. I'm still traveling. I love it. And I hope to be able to go on for at least a few more years. And I love it because almost every year it's COVID. We can get together and our friends get together at these wonderful travel insurance conferences. I don't know whether many of people in your audience know anything about travel insurance. Have you covered that before? I don't. Ha I haven't covered anything and I haven't actually ever talked about it. And it's a very, very yeah. important and interesting subject because um, it, you know, nobody thinks about it as long as everything goes well. Well, one of the reasons I think it's important is that part of the services of, I do specifically for my company is to provide a hotline for the travel insurance companies and for the assistance companies that help out. Now, I do that. It's a middle-known service. You don't pay extra for it, but it's really good. Get into a problem and, and you just make the call to your assistance company and you get immediate legal help over the phone and then referral as needed immediately. 
in wherever, whichever country. And during this talk, in this podcast, I will give some examples of some of the unusual and things that can happen. But the real reason for taking out travel insurance is because when you're traveling parts of the world that do not have top-notch medical services, or even in rural parts of countries that might in the big cities have good service, you're stuck. Your travel, your, your insurance, medical insurance from home usually doesn't cover it. And travel insurance pays for all of the costs. More than that, and if in fact you need specialist care back in your home country, services are that it will provide a private air ambulance with a medical team. Now, from say Australia to uh, to Europe or to the uh, United States, that costs well over $200,000 for a private jet. Impossible to do, but travel insurance includes it. And most policies include $100,000, or $500,000. Typically, it could cost $100,000 for within Europe or, within, or, or from the Caribbean back to the United States or so forth. And that's all included, and it only costs maybe a hundred or two hundred or a few hundred dollars, and it covers you for everything. And the, the assistance company will take care of you. And then treated in the hospital, and you need help in going home. They provide a they upgrade you to business or first class, and then they provide a nurse or other medical person to travel with you. Mm-hmm. And all of that is included, and it's cheap. And yeah. they're wonderful companies. Most of the big ones, many of them, they're either U.S. companies or European companies, and they're very good. And you can just go onto one of these sites and find out. I think at this point, with all the things and with COVID and with other diseases, monkeypox and with everything else, that you have to be crazy not to take out travel insurance, leave your own country, or if you're European, if you're leaving Europe uh, and you're not going to be covered, and there are parts of the world where the service Medical service, absolutely terrible. And it will get you top-notch help for a very minimal cost. And everything is covered. They'll bring your family to take care of you. They'll do everything for you. It has hundreds of different services. That's why I recommend it. Absolutely. And um, yeah, as I said before, you don't realize how important it is is until something goes wrong. When you also end up in a very, very uncomfortable situation, when you end up in a jail and, um, you know, we were talking before we started recording. What are the reasons why people end up in jail? What are the main reasons? What what goes wrong? I mean, obviously they break the law, but do they break the law on purpose? Do they do they deliberately do it, or is does it sometimes happen that uh, you know it's they they don't understand the culture of a country? Well, I see the cases that come to me. Cases that come to me come from insurance companies. They are those people who have travel insurance and get in trouble. Those people who are expats working for large companies where they and their family are living abroad. And the study abroad population, whether it's study uh, where there are now there are hundreds of probably millions of people from all over the world that study in another country. One of the things that happen is that um, students particularly get adventuresome. And you're, for instance, in Europe, uh, there is a, uh, a protest over a G8 summit. Students who are studying abroad with their zeal for Righteousness, they join up, busted, they get arrested. They're not doing anything. They're caught up in it. There's somebody throws a brick, a rock, 
they get caught and they didn't do anything wrong and they're put in jail. Similarly, during the Arab Spring, the students who were studying Cairo, Egypt, many of them wound up protesting. They were arrested too. And it was quite difficult to get them out. Very first thing that wanted to do as soon as we got the release was go back and protest more. Anyway, we coordinated and made sure that all of them were sent home immediately. We could not take that risk. So among the students, uh, those are the things that happened, plus underage drinking and things like that, sexual assaults, uh, being a victim. If you're a victim of a crime or of a, an assault or of a sexual assault, that's included. And so most of the students and most of the people who are expats, most of the people with travel insurance are not arrested for professional possession drugs. Let me tell you that most of them are arrested cultural violations of things they had no idea whatsoever were illegal. Let me tell you a recent one. Uh, a doctor, allowed to use his name, but I prefer not to, from Chicago, about 70 years old, his wife, business and pleasure trip, and it was in India. They were trying to, hospitals in India, use their specialized heart service, heart uh, procedure services was that would be real good for the hospital, but they also visited other places. They were told, since you have to be in touch with the hospital, that you shouldn't use your satellite, you shouldn't use your cell phone because you'll be in places where there's no reception or minimal reception. What should I do, the doctor said? A satellite phone. They're much smaller. They're almost the size of a cell phone, and they're relatively cheap these days instead of how they used to be. So the good Dr. K wound up using that and it worked until they checked out of their hotel, Kochi, yeah, went to the airport and there, as they searched luggage and looked at him at having his phone in his hand, they arrested him for possession of a satellite phone. And it was a long time in jail. He said, how could that be? Everybody was using satellite phones. And they said, don't you know that 10 years or so ago, a group of Pakistani terrorists got entrance into India because they had a satellite phone and could not be detected. And they bombed and destroyed the Taj Mahal Palace Hotel and killed hundreds of people. It was the worst terrorist attack. Because of that, no foreign person coming into the country can't use a satellite phone unless has a license. You don't have a license. I didn't know. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. This is a cultural violation, and you are going to jail. And his wife said, oh, my God, jail, I heard there would be terrible. Yes, jail would be such that he would be set upon by the people, would not exist, would be dead, time waiting for, for a case, seven years. He would not have lasted a couple of days. Wife, advantage of the issues. Insurance project, the insurance uh, they had, all the assistance company had got me on the phone within one minute, whereupon a minute later, upon hearing the story, though it was late at night, I got my legal liaison, New Delhi, on the phone, hearing that he got his friend who was in charge of the ask company in Kochi on that on the phone. He got his friend who was the chief of police on the phone. 
And within 10 minutes, instead of going to the horrible hellhole jail, the doctor was permitted to go back to his hotel. Now, he had to recheck in because he just checked out for $100. And they provided two guards, two police officers, to sit outside their room in the morning. Jay Hydra, my lawyer, was able to arrange for bail, so he never touched in jail. And when the next day, they got back his passport and was able to go home. Very much relieved. The case was held in abstention. He was found ultimately not guilty, but it saved him from going to jail and probably dying in a hellhole prison because had the legal benefit from travel insurance. Again, something where he had no idea he was violated at all. And that is more typical than saying, well, why should we cover you? You're going to violate the law. Now, most of the people seems weird like that. Is that what you thought or did you think they were all druggies? Well, this is the thing. You don't sometimes don't know. I mean, but not knowing doesn't mean that you are not guilty. You are supposed to know the laws and the rules of a country when you go there. And, and the insurance companies often a list of countries, ask them and they'll print out. These are the special things you should know about in this country because this one has a special law. This one has one where, well, here's a, here's a typical one. Thailand, person called, was arrested. But he was he was living, he was working there and vacationing there. His father had a heart attack, ran to the airport, decided, I got to get home, went through one line, he was ready to afford the plane. And they said, oh, you have to pay a departure tax. Another long line, he's going to miss it. Finally paid the money for the departure tax. He's rushing over. And he had about some Thai bots that were worth about a dollar. He said, good riddance, Thailand. Let me out of here. And he ripped them up. Oh, no. Immediately, he was beset by five police officers and was arrested for the most heinous crime in the whole country. Killed somebody. And billion dollars worth of heroin if he had uh, raped or pillaged or looted his time in a, a prisoner transfer in his home thing. One crime he did. Only one stuck in jail for 15 years. You know what it is? Why was it so terrible? I bet you know. I do. I, you, you're talking about Thailand. It's it's insulting the king on the... That's true. Yes, yes. Because the king's photo is on every Thai bot. And by consulting the king or the king's dog or the king's family, 16 years in jail. That is something that hardly anybody would know. And therefore, and if you do something or if you spit or if you say boo or anything, you're subject to that. So you have to know and respect the king and the royal family. And if you do, you'll likely have the best time of your life because it's the most wonderful country to visit. And the people are the friendliest in the world. And it's absolutely a paradise. That's what happened. Yeah, I, I agree. I worked in Thailand, but I knew oh. I knew all these things. But still, you know, sometimes... Uh, most travelers don't. No, but is, isn't rest- it also a little stupid, Dick? Don't you think people should prepare better? They should. And they can, add, they can look it up very easily. They can look at warnings from their State Department, from their External Affairs Department. They could look at it in a book. They could also ask their travel insurance company if they take out travel. Please let me know what I should be alerted for in this country. They should do that. Ultimately, we got this guy out, but it was a weird thing. Turned out that I got my brother, the forensic psychologist, to 
uh, virtual sessions in prison, got reports from prior psychiatric reviews done. Lo and behold, he found out when he was a teenager and was rebelling, would take his parents' money, find it, and rip it up. Mm. He was in treatment for five years for it with a psychiatric report and proved and went over by the Thai royal psychiatrist, led him out, found him not guilty of intention to doing that. Anybody else? No. So that is another thing that happened. Now, so what happened is we were talking about how Billy Hayes intentionally violated the law. And then we have two other cases. One of them is a very famous case involving Brittany Reiner, who is in prison in Russia right now. She is a six foot nine woman who is a major league basketball player in the United States and in Russia. Women basketball players not make as much money as the men. And in order to survive, they have to play in another team offseason. So she went there to play for her Russian team. At the airport, they discovered a small container with a very tiny, less than a gram of hashish oil that had been described to her as medical marijuana back home. She used it, and she sweared that when she packed in a hurry, she didn't realize she put it in there. It would be enough for maybe one, one application. She wound up getting nine years in prison for that. And now there's negotiations going on where the Order to let her out, Russians went what one, two, or three of their top-notch criminals in the United States for illegal arms dealing, for instance, in exchange for her, and it's a big case all over the world. But what hers was was an unintentional minor thing. But then one more that I have to explain because this could happen to anybody. And what's what this is that a 51-year-old man, Peter Clark, lived in Las Vegas where marijuana is totally legal. Smoked a joint two days before he took a trip to Dubai. Trip with business and pleasure. He was there for about a week, got sick, and went to the hospital where they diagnosed pancreatitis. He was there for maybe four days, so basically... When they took a blood test to find out what was wrong with him, say 10 days after he left Las Vegas, they also found a minute amount of THC, the active ingredient of marijuana in his bloodstream. They don't tell him anything, but when he was discharged from the hospital, they sent him, he was picked up by the police and put in a jail and charged with internal possession of marijuana, which he last possessed two weeks before. They know different. Their law says so happens that marijuana stays in the bloodstream, although not you're not under the influence. It just shows up even though there's nothing left for up to 30 days. So he wound up in jail because of that. And he had no idea since he didn't have travel insurance, he didn't have any help. He had to rely on the help and the suggestions of people in the jail. They suggested somebody, and usually people in jail suggest their lawyer because their lawyer will give him a kickback if they refer something. Ultimately got out, the whole procedure cost them $50,000. So even for marijuana that you smoke legally, a week or two later, you can get arrested if you go to a place like five. 
And so people have to be warned. That's, that's another one. Crazy. That's a crazy, crazy story. I mean, imagine. Yes. And what I did was, since I'm going to be talking about this at a conference, I did a survey what different travel insurance companies would do. And some would say, sorry, our legal benefit doesn't cover you because you violated the law. And other ones would say, we will give you, um, we will refer you to the list of the uh, of the United States Embassy has a list there and you can look up a lawyer. And other ones couldn't, he was in jail. Other ones would say, we will bring you a list and you can look it up. But most of the people on the list are not available on weekends. Some of them are on vacation. Some of them are disbarred. Some of them are dead or retired. And it's not a good way to do things. He was lucky that he got a good recommendation. But without an insurance product that comes with many travel insurance products, he's in trouble. And that's one of the things that, that, that happens. And so that, that's it. And one of the things that I have most memorable was this case. And this happened in Tanzania. And there are a lot of people who go on safaris in southern Africa, whether it's in Zimbabwe or in, um, or in South Africa or many other countries there, including Tanzania, which is a wonderful place, mm-hmm. except for this good doctor. He and his wife, retired dentist, went on a charity trip to southern Africa and for their charity, they delivered hundreds of wheelchairs to charities used by people who not have wheelchairs and then they went to a game park in South Africa. There they bought in the store, they bought an ornamental um, bone. It was a giraffe bone. And they said, are you sure this is going to be legal? Absolutely. It's not made of ivory. It's totally legal. So he took the giraffe bone and it had carved on it little jungle animals. So he and his wife go next to Tanzania. And there, when they, uh, when they arrived, and they were checked, their baggage was checked. They find the bone, they arrested him, and they arrested her. Oh, no. And they said, this is illegal. What do you do? He said, well, I'm a retired dentist. And they said, not another one. Don't you know that a few years ago, a dentist from the United States came here, and they he shot and killed our, fam- our favorite lion. Uh, and and he, he went to jail, too. And now we have another one. You probably poached this and had this made into it. No, I didn't. Here is my receipt on my on my cell phone. Sorry, that doesn't count. The only thing would count would be an actual physical receipt, and you don't have it. You are going to jail. So they took his wife, who had nothing to do with it, and they put her in a jail cell with 11 other women. They were all local uh, Native women from there. And they all were there for killing their husbands or their boyfriends. And they gave her a blanket to lay on the floor. And there she was in this horrible jail cell. She had arthritis and she barely moved. But the dentist said, please, I have an autoimmune deficiency. If I am put in a jail cell, I'll probably catch whatever they have and die. Don't worry, doctor. We'll take good care of you. We will send you to our medical wing. So they put the good doctor in the medical wing, and there he immediately found out that there were 13 people there. All 13 of them were being treated for tuberculosis. Oh, my God. And eight of them also had AIDS. And that's where they put the good doctor. 
because of the timing, they were there overnight and nobody contacted the insurance company and the assistance company until the next day. They spent the night there and he was, they were totally freaked out. And the next day, they get the call and I get the call and I make arrangements with a local lawyer to get them out. And they thought that their problem was over. But the head of the poach, anti-poaching squad wanted them to do 10 years in jail. Didn't make any difference that they even sent for and brought back the actual receipt who said it's illegal, go to jail, $100,000 fine, destroy their lives. And so we said, this is ridiculous. And so we went back to taking it too long. And the system was terrible. And so we went back to the travel insurance company. They have another service. And the other service is called extraction. They don't all have it, but this one did. Send in from Kenya, the nearby country, a helicopter with a team, cross the border, pick them up in a designated space, and to take them across the border and extract them from the country. Problem is, if they get caught, they're going to be in jail for a long time. So we came up with an alternative and we contacted one of their local uh, local representatives, Congresswomen, Jackie Spears. Now, Jackie had been in problem in Jonestown. Uh, this was probably 20 years ago when she went, when Jim Jones in, in Jonestown, Indiana, had all his people, hundreds of them, a thousand of them, killed themselves by taking Kool-Aid, which was poison. And when Jackie, as a young assistant to her representative boss, went down there, Leo Ryan, they shot and killed them, him, and they shot her four times, and she made their half dead until the Marines came in and rescued her. And she then took over his job when she survived and became a, a, a congresswoman. And she said, this is terrible. She contacted on our behalf and the behalf of this couple. She contacted the ambassador from Tanzania and said, you have five days. This couple is not, this couple is not released. There will be a warning and there will be a block and no U.S. citizen will ever go to your country again. And we will contact the European allies and the rest of the world and make sure they know how you're treating people. We'll make sure that your tourism industry, which is the number one industry, is decimated completely because you're being unreasonable and horrible and barbaric for this couple. Four days later, they were out. <laughs> they did nothing at all. So that's you were absolutely right. And that is more typical. This one was more dramatic, but this is how people get in trouble for doing nothing but whatever tourists would do and it breaks the local law or customs. Don't know that, that, that anything to do with a giraffe is like, it's like, it's like with the king of Thailand, their giraffes are the equivalent of the king of Thailand. And so those are a few of the things that, that are, are done. So that's, that's, a, that's a complicated one, but I think it's it ultimate to show that you are right that hardly anybody these days really violates the law different, though, in the United States. The people coming here, well, they violate the law, but they don't know they're violating the law. Mm -hmm. Because in many countries in the world, you could be driving along and your passengers could be drinking from a beer or a open container of a bottle of alcohol, but not in the United States. Almost every law has an open container law and the passengers and the driver, even though the driver not, not, uh, is not drinking, they all can be arrested. And that's something in the United States. The other thing that happens here is that if you're speeding, 
and people in the western part of the United States and other parts where there's lots of open roads and you're in a new rental car, it's easy to speed. You don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Most places, if you go more than 25 miles over the speed limit, arrested for a crime. And uh, it's, it's fairly serious. And people don't know it. And so, again, they weren't intentionally violating the law, but they are they are arrested for things like that. Plus, they get arrested for drunk driving because that's very strictly enforced here, as it is in many places. And a lot of people drink and drive. And it is absolutely all over the world. And that is one of the things that people get arrested for that's not really intentional, but they should have known better. So that's an in-between, in-between thing. Very and true. Just, Dick, have you yes. ever been in trouble yourself? Almost. <laughs> uh, many years ago, coming back over the border from Montreal with a friend, with several friends, a husband and wife friend, we got stopped at the border and I collected pipes. And they said, this pipe smells like it had, that somebody had spoke cannabis in it. Well, I hadn't. But maybe it was because it was a present from somebody. Maybe he did, but I didn't know that. And they confiscated the pipe, and they were thinking of arresting me. And then they found some pills, and they belonged to the uh, woman who was a, a citizen from uh, of, of Quebec. And uh, they almost arrested her, but they decided not to. But the U.S. border is very, very strict. And so I almost got arrested for not intentionally doing anything. And that was the only one. The rest of the time, in all my travels, I never got into any problem. Amazing. So tell me, um, you mentioned it before. What are your travel plans for the rest of the year? I know that we will be meeting in Athens. And you said that you were also going to... Um, well, if you add a couple of months, it's Athens and then and Brussels and then Quito, Ecuador and, and Slovenia and Italy. That was for a wedding. Where part of it is in Italy and part of it is a uh, part of it is in Slovenia and part of it is across the border. It's right next to Tri- near Trieste, Italy. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to a uh, that, that's a wedding there and the wedding in, in Quito. And then local ones of several of them, including Las Vegas, but that's not that far. So that's it. For an old guy, that's 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 a lot for me. I'm trying to make up for some of the time not doing anything while I was while I was traveling. And uh, my first place that I went was to a USTIA conference, a travel insurance conference in San Diego. And that was my first trip. And I said, I bet I lost my touch for hanging out with people and just enjoying myself. And I found out that I didn't. There was a couple that sat next to me at the bar of a restaurant, decided they liked me so much. We had such a good time talking that they called the children, had them come over, chilled for a while. That's what it's called. And they invited me to their winter home. In, in Arizona because they were all having such a good time. So then I said, I didn't lose my touch of connecting with people and traveling and finding out that, yeah, I can still lift this suitcase of a, 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 above my head. And uh, yeah, I have another, at least a few more years of travel and I'm going to do as much as I can because I enjoy it. And I also travel with travel insurance. So I feel that I'm safe uh, because so, and so many things could happen. So that's it. For a lot of people, that's not a lot of travel. At, at, but uh, I have a friend, a good friend, and he and I entertain foreign students, graduate students at law school, and he just went to his 100th country, uh, which was Oman. Oh, by the way, 
I had, did have a case in Saudi Arabia uh, quite a few years ago where the person was charged with murder, even though the people died before he got there. And mm. uh, he was tortured and ultimately signed a confession. And that's what happens in many countries. And the confession was in Arabic, which he didn't understand. And we ultimately were able to get him out by connecting uh, um, Senator Kennedy, who was still alive at the time, with Prince Bonder, who was the... Uh, was the Saudi uh, ambassador who got this person out. But things happen all over, and the laws in many countries are such that you get tortured, forced to sign confession. That happens from time to time, and we got to come out. And then I was successful in convincing the Sultan of Oman to release a woman who was involved in the killing of her husband, and they had totally left out the fact that she was an abused spouse trying to escape from her husband her, he threw her out of the car at 40 miles an hour, requiring her to be in the hospital for a week. He forced other indigenous on her, and she was fearful for her life and was not able to leave. And that's what happened. They did not take that into consideration. They ordered the death penalty, and even at that time, the death penalty there included burying the person in the sand up to their head and having red ants on, uh, kill them, or other things such as cutting off their head or all kinds of other things uh, that she was going to be facing. And finally, Sultan of Oman realized upon seeing what was done in the rest of the world, that she was an abused spouse, that she did try to, that was, she was able to get out and that penalty was overturned. So I left out those countries where there is, uh, there is the death penalty and actively used. And that is some of the things that truck people who are covered by our product, our service do. Anyway, those are a few of the things. I think I've covered a lot of them. If you have any other questions of things that I might not have covered or that you know your audience and you might think that they might be interested in something very special. Well, I think we this was amazing, amazingly interesting. And if anybody who listens to us has a question for Dick, they can get in touch with me or with him. I will put your um, your website, the, the link to your website in the show notes and people can get in touch with you. Dick, I so appreciate you spending time with me and talking about all this stuff. It was very, very interesting. And I so look forward to seeing you soon. Me too. Well, I enjoyed this very much. I, there were a couple other ones I didn't tell because they were so much more dramatic and horrified that I didn't want to scare your audience, especially if they're just ready to have breakfast or something like that. I don't know what time people would be uh, listening to this, but I didn't want to upset them too much. So I only told those that were much, much less horrendous. So um, on another occasion, I can talk about the horrendous ones, but I'm, I'm afraid to. So I think I covered enough. You this can was tell a one- Dick, you can tell those stories to me over breakfast in Athens. Okay, that's a good thing. (laughs) Overlooking the Acropolis. Exactly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share, and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.